0: Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, we're talking forgiveness today. You know, it's not so easy to accept and it's not so easy to give. You know, together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, every Tuesday we try to tackle a topic having to do with your marriage or your relationships. And today's topic gets into your, can impact your marriage, can impact your family, can definitely impact your workplace relationships. Right,
1: Martha? Oh, most definitely. That's, um, it affects every area of our life. That's all you want me to say. <laughs> me okay. like, I could Uh-oh. go on. Yes, you could. <laughs> you know,
0: what's, what's amazing when we tackle this topic, we're tackling a topic based on the book, The Lies Couples Believe by Dr. Chris Thurman. This is the number nine lie. And the number nine lie says my spouse has to earn my forgiveness. Well, the last time I checked, the Gospels are pretty clear. There's nothing you can do to earn or deserve Christ's forgiveness. So, how do you think you can get away with demanding your spouse earning and deserving? Your forgiveness and we're going to kind of talk through that today, but it's definitely something that we all need to work on almost all of us struggle with forgiving people at one point in time in our life. In fact, here's how you can know a simple thing if that you can know that you haven't forgiven someone. I have this clue and it works with guys for sure. I don't know if it works with girls.
1: Okay. Tell me and I'll
0: try if, to. Gentlemen, if you're out there and you're having conversations with people in your head, angry conversations or arguments with people in your head, and when you do that, you feel that <sighs> inside your chest, those are people you probably haven't forgiven. What do you think?
1: Mm, that's a, that's a, you know what I was thinking for a woman If you're in the grocery store and you see somebody that you want to avoid their aisle and go to a different aisle... That's probably somebody you haven't forgiven. <laughs> Is that horrible? But that's a that's a, that's like a that's a litmus test, I think, for or, people. It's or, like, oh, I just don't want to.
0: Or in small town Minnesota, if you've got somebody, if you or see small somebody. Or small town
1: anywhere. Oh, okay,
0: but well, I can't talk about small town anywhere, yeah, but, but it, I can talk about small town Minnesota. If you are walking down the street and you see somebody that you've had an argument with within the last 20, 30, 40 years, and you see them come, you walk to the other side of the street so you don't have to see them. My point. Your point. Exactly. Exactly. And that's true. Somebody did tell me that. And that person was a woman that told me that. So, and Mm. I said,
1: seriously, you
0: gotta be cotton picking kidding me. No, seriously. That was an amazing small town America. We should have a show one time just talking about small town America. Cause
1: well, don't you think a lot of workplaces are functioning probably a lot like small towns. I think so. Because we have to rub shoulders and do projects with people that we don't necessarily, you know, want to hang out with.
0: You know, one of the things that that there's that is just so true. I mean, it's just so true. You know, when I was thinking about this forgiveness thing in the workplace, you know, when you're at the coffee pot and you're pouring your coffee and somebody walks in that you have are currently in an argument with or you're mad at and you're like, I don't need this coffee and you walk away. When you know, that's a lie because you need your coffee.
1: So you the, need your coffee. So the right thing to do would be to stop pouring yours and go, hey, can I pour you a cup of coffee?
0: Well, you could say, listen, I'm really sorry for all the conflict I've caused between us. Anyway, we're jumping ahead. We I thought I'd ask this new question between us today. Ooh, How I? has the Lord surprised you lately?
1: Wow. How has the Lord surprised me lately? Um, That's a really good question question. Um, he has been surprising me with people around me that have been encouraging me when I have needed it. And, and I don't say that I'm not meaning that there aren't people that encourage me, but when I have just really been hearing lies in my head about something, um, he has brought people to me to bless me through encouragement. And I think that that's a way that, you know, it's a, it's a small detail. But it's been surprising. And that you know that's one of the things that I guess he has um, opened the door to allow conversations for people to say, things. I'm a words of affirmation person, so that is something that really feeds to me. So when I am hearing things that um, I don't want to hear, it's great to hear um, encouragement about what a difference that God is making through my life or things like that. So...
0: And and as I look at how the Lord has surprised me, I guess it's, I don't know why I get surprised by the Lord getting involved in the intimate details of our lives, but every time he does, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, that's cool. And. And in just in the meetings that he has set up for us to meet with people and talk with people, it just I'm just always amazed at how much he cares about those details. And, I, and I'm grateful. So very, very grateful for those details.
1: So you kind of cheated because you went back to your original question well, okay, about the but, so, well but, surpri-
0: but that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised at that.
1: Oh, uh, yes. It is surprising that he really does care and get involved in those small details. And that is... Uh, an encouragement to everybody that's listening, that you may think that um, your car burning too much oil, well, that's too small of a detail for God to care about. But he does care, and he's going to help you find a solution um, and and take you to that next place. He cares that you may not have the energy to put dinner together tonight, or he cares that the traffic is bad, but we don't know what that traffic is keeping us from. So he cares about all those intimate details in our
0: life. He cares for you. That's right. He does. All right. So today on I Work together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, we're talking about, well, the lies that couples believe, the book by Dr. Chris Sermon. the lie today, number nine, my spouse has to earn my forgiveness. But before we get back to that discussion, Martha, we've got a special guest calling in. We've got James Sutherland on the line, and he's calling in about Renew Pasco. James, welcome to High Work for Him. Oh, thank you for having me. Hey, James. So, talk to me about what is Renew Pasco.
2: Oh, uh, Renew Pasco was founded uh, by Richard Hayes of Digital Lightbridge Media, um, Brian Brown of LifePoint Church, and Corporal Wilkett uh, with. Uh, uh, Christ-centeredness and love inside social issues uh, addressing foster care, uh, human trafficking, and addiction. Uh, our, pr- our prayer is for restoration of, of Pasco County and the unification of children with their parents and um, and uh, uh, fill some gaps and work with the community unifying around um, issues in addiction, such as transportation or counseling or uh, beds available.
0: Cool. That sounds very, very cool. Hey, James, are you on your speakerphone? If you could just pick up your phone, that'd be better for us when we're on the air. It yeah. Just sounds a little sure. bit better. All right. So sure. Pasco Renew Pasco. I've I've heard about it. It, it. You know, you hear things through the network all over Tampa Bay, and I heard great things. And I heard there was a movement of Christ up there in Pasco County. And of course, Richard Hayes has been on the show many times from uh, Digital Lightbridge and Two Ten Magazine, and he's and he shared many times how his family has been impacted by fostering kids and mm-hmm. adopting kids. you guys have a big event coming up here pretty quick what is this renew pasco event all about
2: Yes. Uh, renew it, it, The organization, and, and really it's a reflection of the church. Renew Pasco um, is, is a reflection of the church. Um, we've got Christian leaders that, that love Christ in government, such as our sheriff or Gabriel mm-hmm. Papadopoulos. We've got uh, educational vessels such as Trinity College and even Pasco Hernando State College, to name a few. And, and at the executive president level, uh, we've got businesses such as Richard, such as um, uh, Sherry Paulus that will be speaking from uh, National Health care marketing um, so we've got um, uh, just leaders in the community unifying around these social issues and we're coming together at Word of Life on November 5th starting with breakfast at 7 a.m. Uh, with businesses ministries uh, government will be there to encourage and uh, we'll be uh, spending uh, the, the morning and afternoon talking about these social issues having panel discussions uh, Bill Cronin our, our Economic Development Council CEO has uh, joined our board and, and will be sharing his his background in, in how business plays a role in addressing these social issues, and we we're we're prayerfully you know just praying for continuing uniting in our community right now. All right, and, so um, let's just
0: step back from that just a minute because you get you just put on a lot of information that I want people to really have a chance to absorb it. So this mm-hmm. is Pasco County, which for our Tampa listeners that don't ever drive north, that really starts in about Holiday, right? I mean Trinity and Holiday and goes north, correct? Yes,
2: yes. Okay. Um, holiday to Hudson and as far east as um, West as, uh, Zephyr Hills and Dade City.
0: Okay. All right. So the event is Saturday, November the 5th, and it's at Word of Life. Yes. You said that it started at 7 a.m. or does it start at 8 a.m.? Because on the sheet that I had, it said 8, and I want to make sure our listeners know the right time. Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. We're providing breakfast and lunch and um, able to, to um, arrive at 7 a.m. And, and enjoy breakfast before we get started uh, around 815 with the invocation and, and first speakers.
0: So there's food involved. And so the Christians will oh, be yeah. very excited about the food <laughs> being involved. That's fantastic. Now, talk, yes. talk to me about the cost for people to go ahead and get invited to, to register to, for this Renew Pasco event.
2: Oh, to to register, just so we have an accurate headcount, just uh, send an email to events at RenewPasco.com, and it is on our website, www.RenewPasco.com. There is no cost. It's a unifying event, and um, everyone's coming together, and so – um, that, that we've been blessed well with that. Wow.
0: So you're saying that somebody can go and they can get participating in Renew Pasco. They get fed breakfast and lunch. They get to meet with a lot of people that are passionate about... Well, they get to hear Sheriff Naco. Chris Naco's been on, on iWork for him. He's got a phenomenal testimony. He can talk faster than me, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> but So it's at Word of Life on the campus there in Hudson. And mm-hmm. it's basically 8 to 3, but they can come at 7 o'clock, get breakfast. They're going to be lunch. And and overall, what's your end game for the end of the day at three o'clock? They get to the end of the day. What what do you expect to have happened there at the Renew Pasco event?
2: Uh, we're praying they're going to leave on fire. They're going to leave uh, aware of who they can call. So this is relational. Uh, let your light shine. I mean, it's about growing relationships in Christ, uh, uh, Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before others so that your good works can give glory to the Father who is in heaven. And we have a, a heavy burden. Uh, you know, it's focused on love. Um, everyone will know that we are his disciples if we love one another in John 30, 13, 35, and, and loving our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. So when you leave there, uh, if you're a pastor, you're leaving there uh, knowing you can call elderly nutrition and Gabriel Papadopoulos' department for your for your uh, seasonal saints, senior saints that, that might might not be able to prepare their own meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you leave there equipped. You leave there with an infrastructure, um, um, an understanding of who you can call in the community, whether it be daycare, whether it be elderly nutrition, whether it be TN uh, 24, if you have a, a brother or family dealing with addiction, and Pastor Michael Kirk. So you leave equipped, you leave on fire, that's our prayer the Holy Spirit will work in the hearts of business leaders you leave with a potential new job you know, opportunities for those that are hurting in our community. That's where you know, we're, we're praying more businesses step up like Sherry Paulus's and hire those uh, with the love of Christ and, and, and looking at, at people as new creatures like like we're looked at from mm-hmm. our Father. So, well
0: it's a pretty fantastic um, lineup of speakers with uh, Sheriff Chris Nacco speaking I mean a lot of people love to get in front of the, the the sheriff and get a chance to talk to him, and he's a phenomenal husband and father and sheriff right there in Pasco County. Mike Fasano, the tax collector, and uh, he'll still be the tax collector. I know he's running for re-election. He'll still be on the 5th, regardless of what happens in the election. Bill Cronin from Pasco Economic Development, and Reverend Jeffrey how do you say his last name? Helshus? Heckus. Heckus. Oh, sure. Somebody
2: cares of. of Pasco somebody cares Pasco. Today. All right. Yeah. So
0: that's fan. What a great lineup. So overall, James, as as you're inviting people to come, join you at the Renew Pasco event on November 5th from eight to three, but they can come early and get breakfast at Word of Life in Hudson. What? Just just you reach out, just invite people to come. Just go ahead, tell people why you want them to come.
2: All friends, family, business owners, uh, it, it would be honored to, to meet you and and spend a, a morning together, encouraging one another and and uh, and really learning uh, how we can serve uh, around addiction, around foster care. We need more families to step forward and 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 show the love of our father to these kids and and human trafficking. Listen, Copa Wilkett and other experts uh, like Krista Hernandez who are or, or going in and loving people uh, right where they're at um, and, and reflecting the love of Christ. Now, can we help them?
0: All right. So people can find out more on the website, RenewPasco.com. That's RenewPasco.com, correct? Yes. All right. All right. Now, here's a question for you, James. You're a member of the I Work For Him Nation. You are a listener to I Work for Him. I don't know how often you get a chance to listen, but w- what has attracted you to listen to I Work for Him? We don't get many many listeners to call in and since I got you trapped on the phone right now, you can't go anywhere. Tell me what you love about I Work for Him. Tell me what we sh- what Martha and I should be working on.
2: Well, this, this reflects how, how God's really worked in my high, my, my life. I didn't even know what discipleship was until 2013, and God brought men, uh, men of God around me, such as Richard Hayes, such as, um, um, Terry Wilde, Scott Hitchcock, uh, um, you know, so CBMC and uh, Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, I was invited to places I didn't even know why I was being invited, mm-hmm. you know, and and your your radio station just reflects my heart. Uh, using everything in my earthly economy before I intimately came to know Christ and and that it was a relationship, not a bunch of rules, and and able to let go of that hurt and uh, then be introduced to brothers and sisters where wherever their expertise is. And in your case, the radio and what you're doing with iWork reflects my my heart in and, and bringing awareness to, um, and so I'm a new listener, but uh, without a doubt, I see God's preciseness uh, day in and day out, and I just praise him for that.
0: Well, we pre- we really appreciate you listening, and we appreciate your commitment to join the I Work for Am Nation to start praying for your coworkers and employees, look for ways mm-hmm. to serve them and look for ways to befriend them, look for ways to pray with people. We love that. Be a person of excellence and, and and James, just keep us informed on what's going on in Pasco County. You've got my email. We've been going back and forth. So if, if some cool things, if you start to see a movement of God, maybe as a result of this meeting or, or, or you start to say, hey, Jim, I'm, I'm running to these business owners. Let's do a show on how God is moving in all these business owners in Pasco County. Let me know and we'll set up a show. And we'll just talk about it.
2: Oh, I, I'd love to share with you, because actually to, to take that a step further, we are seeing God's preciseness in Pasco, his, his alignment, Bill Cronin's testimony of how he moved to Pasco. Um, happy to continue this discussion with you, because that's a truth. Um, we're not waiting on it. It is going on.
0: Well, so. we've got Trinity College coming on in November uh, as, as well, so we're really excited about that. They're going to be a uh, sponsor for several months, and so we're going to be doing some highlights of the incredible stuff God's doing up there. We've had some people from yeah. Word of Life on, so it's good to have you on. James Sutherland with Renew Pasco. Thanks so much for calling into iWork for him today. Keep in touch and let me know how this event goes. I will be out of town during the event, but let me know how it goes. And uh, But, James, thanks so much for being a listener, and thanks so much for letting me know about this great event. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Welcome back to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we tackle marriage and relationship issues on Tuesday. Listen, we've all got relationships all over the place, whether it's in your neighborhood, in your home, in your workplace, in your church. We struggle. Why do we struggle? Because there's people involved. Oh, my goodness. People. You just have issues with people. And every once in a while, we mess up our relationships. Every once in a while, we wound people. We hurt people. We say stupid things. I'm a professional at that, but I've learned to be a professional ask forgiveness guy too, because having animosity and, and, and issues between you and another person in your workplace, your neighborhood, your home, your church, your marriage, it just, it's just dumb. And And here's the verse. Martha said right here, she found this one for you, Matthew six fourteen, and this is right after the Sermon on the Mount, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So Matthew six fourteen, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And there's lots more to that verse on either side of that. But the whole point is, you've been forgiven much. The whole story of the wicked servant, where he went and he begged his master to be forget, forgiven of all 10,000 talents of uh, of money, which was about $10 million, I believe. And he's forgiven that, so he's forgiven much. And then he goes, and his brother owes him 20 bucks. And he says, nope, you got to pay us, pay me back. I'm going to throw you in jail until you pay it back, which that never really made sense to me anyway. But, but so that's get,
1: what they did back then.
0: I, okay. Fine. Okay. Fine. That's okay. Just, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's what they did back then. Can we get some historical verification on that one? Okay. I I know. It's what they did. Somehow they put him in pauper camp or something like that. And they had to work it out. So he throws his his buddy in jail for twenty bucks, and the guy that just forgave him ten million says, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! 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 Wait a minute! I just forgave you ten million bucks, and you couldn't walk away from twenty bucks from your buddy? Oh, that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. Now you're gonna have to pay for your ten million. That's a big deal, and that's essentially." What Jesus came to do, he came to forgive us the $10 million in debt, but it's instead of debt, it's the 10 million sins. It's it's all of the garbage in your life that you have put there. He's forgiven it all. And you pay nothing for it. He paid it already. But he expects us to forgive others.
1: That's right. So then going back to the verse, it says Matthew 6:14 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. So Kind of if you look at it in reverse, our heavenly Father has forgiven us for so incredibly much that we need to put that in perspective in our daily lives and realize that some small infraction against us should not keep us from the love that Jesus has in our
0: lives. Well, and unforgiveness is destructive. I mean, extraordinarily destructive. And it's not destructive towards the person that you're ticked off at. It's destructive towards you. And when you you have unforgiveness in your heart, it absolutely impacts your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Because that's sin that's blocking your relationship because He expects you to act quickly on your forgiveness. Now, there's a difference between forgiveness and forgetting. And we'll talk a little bit about that today as we go into the conversation. But what we're talking about today applies to everywhere you go. You're... (laughs) Okay, so you get up in the morning. It applies to the kids that are annoying you when you're trying to get ready for work. It applies to your spouse who hogged the bathroom longer than he or she should have. It applies to the annoying people that you drive with on the way to the office in the morning. It applies to the people in the office. It applies to the people at lunch. It applies to your clients. It applies to your drive home. It applies to the neighborhood. It applies to your friends. It applies when you go to church. I mean... Forgiveness is just one of those things we have to do. That's what Christ followers do. Cuz it, it it when you walk around without the bitterness hanging over your head, it, it, you you experience the freedom that Christ talked about in John 10:10. 10, 10. He came that we might have to, it says that the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy, and he can do that through unforgiveness in your life. I have come, Jesus said that you might have life and live it to the fullest. That's not the NLT version. I think that's the NIV version.
1: Yeah, I don't think NLT uses est on the end of any word.
0: <laughs> Fine.
1: But that's okay. Okay,
0: okay. All right. So, but the point is, forgiveness is really a big issue. And, and we all need to work on it, especially within our marriage relationships and our family relationships. But your workplace is like your family too. And as a Christ follower... You really have to work on you really have to work on being intentional in forgiving those people that have hurt you at work because if people know that you're stomp, stomping around the office unforgiving people they're going to go well Jim he's supposed to be a Christian he's not acting very Christian like
1: yeah you know it's that tough place to be where um we don't want to be stomped all over and taken advantage of, but showing in your heart that you can keep from being resentful towards that person—that's really a testimony because that is so against countercultural. You know the the whole idea in our culture of, well, they did this to me, I'm going to do this to them, or they um, hurt me in this way, so I'm never going to talk to them again, and and that being okay in some people's minds ends up being very, it helps you, it makes you harden your heart and, um, it closes in who you relate to because you you no longer have good relationships with all the people that you're working with or different things like that. So it's very countercultural to think this way. But at the same time, I I don't want to go off on this tangent too much. Much it doesn't mean that it's okay for people to hurt you and to be you know to offend you and things like that. But you would hope that through the forgiveness, you can have a conversation about how. We don't want to do that again.
0: Well, there are a lot of people that hurt or wound people who don't know what they're doing because nobody's ever told them because they're bullyish or whatever. But one of the things that Martha taught me about a decade ago, and I never had ever noticed it, but hurting people, not H E R D I N G, not people who do hurting, hurt. not, Shep not shepherding people, but hurting people, H U R T I N G, hurting people hurt, H U R T, people. And it's because their wounded just comes out. It's like a f- cesspool of infection in them that spreads. It's like the MRSA virus in a hospital. It just spreads. It's everywhere.
1: That was an interesting analogy. <laughs> it's just disgusting.
0: <laughs> but you know, I think what's important for us to understand in the forgiveness thing, especially, yeah, you know, really not especially in any relationship. It has to do with your friendships, your your marriage, your. Uh, your workplace relationships, it's just imp- as Christ followers, we're called to forgive. Yep. I mean, and, and that's part of the world will know that you are a Christ follower because you are 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 willing to forgive people. Now, it doesn't mean you need to keep yourself in a toxic relationship, but you could do something about the toxic relationship because you've been given the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you to work through relationship matters that some people would just avoid forever. Some people just live their whole lives avoiding people that have hurt them. Or that they have hurt.
1: Well, and that's a good point. And one of the things that the author of this book, again, we're talking about the lies couples believe by Dr. Chris Thurman, is the fact that he says that just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean it's reconciled. You know, so you still have something you may need to work through. And um, but this is forgiveness is in our own heart.
0: Well, and I think the final lie Mm -hmm. addresses that, that you can reconcile without repenting. That's the lie. Number 10.
1: Right. Reconciliation is a big part of this whole process.
0: So going back to lie. Number nine, mm-hmm. when we come back from the break, I, we're, I don't know. Should I read this? There's a diatribe in sure. the book. And it, well, I, I think I can get it done quick enough. All right. So this is a back and forth between a husband and a wife. And this is what unforgiveness sounds like. This is between Glenn and Elaine. Elaine. What are you going to let me off the hook? Glenn asked, a look of desperation on his face. For what? Elaine responded, knowing full well what he was talking about. For my business failing, for having to sell our house to move into an apartment. I told you that you never should have started that business, but did you listen to me? No. You went ahead and did exactly what you wanted to do, like always. I thought it was the best thing to do. I understand that, but I kept trying to tell you I didn't feel good about it and you totally ignored me. And now look where we are. We live in a tiny apartment and most everything we own is in storage. We can barely make ends meet. We had to pull the kids out of private school and we're all miserable. Why didn't you listen to me? I did listen to you. I just did what I thought was the right thing to do. Well, how's that working out for you? We're supposed to make decisions together, Glenn, and you made this one totally by yourself. And your horrible decision is completely blown up in our faces. I get that. I'm sorry. I really am. I know I've hurt you and the kids and I'm doing everything I can to make things right. But when are you going to stop punishing me for what I did? (sighs) All right. So we're reading the diatribe between Glenn and Elaine and Glenn says, listen, I, I, I," well, I'll just start with what Elaine says. Well, how's that working out for you? We're supposed to make decisions together, Glenn, and you made this one totally by yourself and your horrible decision is completely blown up in my and our faces. I get that. I'm sorry. I really am. I know I've hurt you and the kids, and I'm doing everything I can to make things right. But when are you going to stop punishing me for what I did? Elaine goes on. Punishing you? I'm not punishing you. Yes, you are. Every day, either you give me the cold shoulder or you're just flat-out hostile. Well, ever since your business failed, my life has been a nightmare. Do you understand how embarrassed I am that we had to file for bankruptcy? Do you see how humiliated I was to have to tell her friends we had to move because your business failed? Do you realize how hard it has been for the kids to leave a the school they loved and go to one they can't stand? We lost everything because of you, Glenn. What are you going to do to fix this? I told you. I'm doing everything I can to make things better. When are you going to forgive me? I'll forgive you when you make everything right. That's mm. an inappropriate family conversation. Yet, it is one. We have heard many times between many couples that Martha and I have mentored. This is just a forgiveness thing. Listen, bottom line it right here. You got a Bible near you. Maybe you got one on your phone. Maybe you got one at home. Maybe you got one in your office. Your Bible. It's important that you recognize that your Bible says you are supposed to forgive people. (laughs) You forgive people because your heavenly father has forgiven you. And Jesus died on the cross 2000 years ago to give you the free gift of forgiveness and salvation that goes along with it because we get to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father because our sins have been forgiven, yet we destroy, not destroy, we disrupt, we interrupt, we make it very difficult to have an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father if we unforgive people, if we if we live with unforgiveness towards people.
1: Okay, so let's take that perspective. And how can we even avoid? Here here comes a
0: glass half full, Martha. Okay, that's good. You are so wonderful.
1: Is it even possible to avoid wounding our spouse?
0: Wow, I thought I was going to get to ask you that question. No, it is impossible to keep from wounding your spouse because you spend so much time together with your spouse. You're going to screw up at one point in time or another and wound your spouse. Have I ever wounded you? Sure. Have I ever done it on purpose? I don't think so. Right. But I have successfully wounded you. Sure. Okay. And and you've wounded my weak ego sometimes too. (laughs) But really, we we say stuff and sometimes just because of whether we're tired or hungry or just plain old simple cranky, we take offense to things some days that other days we might
1: not have. Right. It, It could have been no big deal the day before, but because of what you're in the midst of, it, became, it really hurt.
0: So if Martha and I have wounded each other and we have a pretty stinking phenomenal marriage, we do. It's unbelievable. I'm sure you've wounded your spouse too. And we hope that your marriage is as awesome as our marriage. Cause we just love being married to each other. So how do we avoid this wounding this? It's really just, we've been teaching. We got a, a young couple that we're working with. That is uh, they're, they're pre marriage. They're, premarital stuff and one of the things we've been i've been teaching the guy one of the lessons that i've had to learn is have him he's like well why i think i know what she's thinking well you don't need to guess what do you do you ask how do you feel about that what are you thinking and and i try to do that sometimes i don't do it so well but that we can't we can't read each other's minds and a lot of times i can tell i've wounded you by the look on your face
1: well, yeah. So what we need to do is recognize when we have or be able to have the conversation. If you, if I'm wounded, if well, that's kind of the word we're going with here, um, then I need to let you know because you may not even be aware that what you said, you know, hurt me in a certain way or an action that you did hurt me in a certain way. So you need to be able to have that conversation.
0: Yeah, but it's okay. It's one thing to do that with your spouse. Honestly, it's probably tougher to do that with your spouse than with anybody else. other people you can just avoid. But with your spouse, you live with your spouse.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't help the relationship. So one of no, the things we're talking about is it, how do we apply this in the workplace? And you cannot live in a workplace and avoid that person because ultimately, God's going to figure out a way to bring you together on some project and you're going to have to work through it. So. What and burying trying. it
0: is not working through it.
1: Yeah. So what we're trying to do is provide some tools to say, here are some ways that you need you can look at life. And first of all, this book is saying, don't believe these lies. Don't believe that they have to earn your forgiveness
0: because you didn't earn or deserve anything Christ did for you on the cross. Why do you expect your friends or your spouse or your boss to earn your own, your forgiveness? It's really quite arrogant. yet, yeah, we've all done it. We have all done it. We have all done it. Let me say it one more time. You, me, Martha, we've all done it. We've all told we've all expressed in some disgusting manner that our spouses, our children, our friends, our co-workers have to earn our forgiveness. We've all done it at one point in time or another.
1: Well, let's try to put our shoe our feet in the shoes of this little diatribe that you read in the book and the fact that, um, you know, the husband Glenn. made a decision that hugely impacted the family financially to the point where they had to move and change schools and and file bankruptcy and everything. So when you think about that, that is something that could easily come up on a daily basis because it impacted, it made a change. They had to, they were all affected. So-
0: well, and she said she didn't, she didn't agree. And she told Glenn, she, Elaine said, I don't, I didn't agree with it in the beginning. You shouldn't have done it. It was something I said, don't do. Right. And and what do we always tell spouses? We always tell husbands or wives.
1: Well, yeah. In hindsight. <laughs> no, we always tell them, listen, right. uh, if your spouse
0: isn't 100% in agreement with you and moving forward on a big decision, then... I'm playing with my pen, just so you know. I, have, I don't have my favorite blue Bic pen in the studio with me today, And Martha keeps staring at my hands. You're like, what are you doing playing with a pen?
1: <laughs> uh, he's uh, clicking it. He's uh, unwinding it. He's taking it apart. So, Okay, put it down. Nobody wants to hear that well, noise. No, it's okay. Really? That is really cool. It's really, it Jose so says really loud. Okay.
0: okay, okay. All right, so just going back. Will you forgive me, honey? I didn't mean to wound you on the radio about me my clicking on my pen. I, About the fact that
1: you brought it up, that I was looking at you. (laughs) That was. We're just trying to have fun. Listen, this is just
0: real stuff right here. But it is we have to we have to understand that unforgiveness is destructive, and we need to be proactive in forgiving people. We don't have the right to hold things against people, and when you withhold forgiveness. It's a self-destructive effort. It's like putting handcuffs on yourself. It's like self-flagellation. You're beating, you're whipping yourself. But forgiveness is unlocking the keys to those handcuffs, giving yourself, relieving that weight off your shoulders, Mm. and giving you that fresh breath of air after spending two minutes under the water.
1: So why is it so stinking hard if it should be good for us?
0: Because people get a This is this is my theory. I'm not a theologian. Didn't go to seminary. Probably never will. Is, I just put probably there, just in case you notice that I always used to say never will. But I am probably never, never going to get any more education. That's right. But when people are involved in unforgiveness towards somebody, they, they, they fuel the bitterness inside them, which is a chemical reaction. It's an adrenaline kind of a thing. And it, they get used to the feeling. They get really used to that feeling of anger and rage inside of them. And it's hard to let go of that because that feeling fits. What, what, what? We should remind
1: people to call in for the book. Well, they've
0: already called in. Okay. Okay. All right. So here's some of the things. If forgiveness, is forgiveness a matter of could or wouldn't? Is it should, could, or wouldn't? What do you mean? Forgiveness. Well, I could forgive. I should forgive, but I'm not, I wouldn't forgive. We don't have that option. We must it's forgiveness is a must because we're Christ followers and we're really, we're running out of time. We get Martha. We just have talked too much. We haven't talked about how do people actually do this and really what's the biblical perspective on this? Right, I've been, which I've is been talking really too much. Important. And then there was that pen distraction. That's okay.
1: <laughs> I forgive you.
0: Oh, that's nice. Did Will I you wound you with me? my pen?
1: <laughs> we're not making fun of this process. No, we are we're not. just having sometimes fun. Sometimes my
0: stupid comments do wound my wife. she just like me to move on. Okay. All right. <laughs> Like, I tell jokes anyway. Okay, so forgiveness. This is what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness is at the heart of Christianity. It is at the very heart. What did Jesus say to the paralytic that his buddies broke through the roof and lowered into the ground? He didn't say, hey, get up and walk and take your mat. First, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. It, 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 he forgave people, he forgave people in their disgustingness of the life and then called them out of a life of sin. He loved them right where they were out, right where they were at and God commands us to forgive others.
1: That's right, so in Ephesians 4:32 it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. So remember, that's a command to forgive and we've been forgiven.
0: Yeah, and, and that's that brings up this great point. If you withhold forgiveness, you don't understand how much God has forgiven you. That's a powerful one. If you don't, if you withhold forgiveness from anybody, 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 you don't understand how much God has forgiven you.
1: Mm, and we love the little sign, well, the big sign that was put over um, the cross, Tetelestai, paid in full. Our sins were paid. The debt was paid in full.
0: We get so caught up in the busyness of this world. We don't realize how great a gift salvation, a lifetime relation, an eternal relationship with our Heavenly Father is because we're like, well, I'm I'm cool. I'm forgiven. I'm ready to go. No, but but then you got to read the book. People don't wait for the movie. Read the book from cover to cover, 1,500 pages of how God kept forgiving and forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. He finally sent his son to die to offer permanent forgiveness. Your spouse, here's a big key. Your spouse, your friend, your church mates, your family members, they should not have to meet any requirements before you forgive him or her. However, while God commands us to forgive them, whether it's our spouse or friends or family members or church members, it is appropriate sometimes that amends be made. Sometimes people need to, you know, when people say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. You say, OK, but how are we going to keep this from happening again?
1: Right. That's key in any relationship, whether it is somebody taking advantage of the time clock at work or um your husband going into a business like this little example in the book and saying you know what i'm going to i'm going to listen to you i'm going to involve you in decisions and i'm going to heed your advice as well
0: here's a couple big ones forgiveness means you no longer hold what your spouse did against him or her you no longer so there's no, no there's no access to the history log when you get in an argument, you people come out with a history log, whether it, whether it's husbands or wives, and they're arguing and say, but you did this. Remember back in 1942, you did this. or we Remember back in 2010, you did that." What, Martha?
1: So Psalm 103.12 says, as far as the East is from the West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us.
0: And here's the biggest key. As we close out this conversation on the lies that couples believe, number nine, my spouse has to earn my forgiveness. Forgiveness is just as much for you... As it is for the one who has hurt you. So key to understand that unforgiveness is like a ball and chain wrapped around your neck. And it's just ridiculous. You got to let it go. Your heavenly father calls you to forgiveness. All right. This wraps up the latest edition of Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. As we talk about forgiveness, please just take it from our heart. Please forgive those who have hurt you. Be an example of Christ in your workplace, your church, your neighborhood, and your home. Forgive those who have hurt you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg.